Welcome to All About Ours, QPR's one and only official club podcast. I'm Simon Cheshire and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Andy Sinton as we reflect on what has been a busy month for the Super Hoops both on and off the field. Clashes against Cardiff City, Luton Town, Sheffield United, Fleetwood Town and Reading have wrapped up the busy festive period for the Yards with the arrival of Jamal Lowe also having an impact on Neil Critchley's squad. And we discuss it all on All About Ours. So since, welcome back. How are we today? Very good, Simon. Uh, good to see you. And uh, how are you? Really good. Not, you're not enjoying this cold weather, though. It's it not for a, me. I'm more of a sunshine and a pina colada kind of guy. It is a bit, yeah. <laughs> so let's get straight to it. We, we last spoke after the Preston North End game, which was Neil Critchley's first victory for the R's and our first away victory in quite some time. We haven't quite built on it in the way we probably would have wanted have we? Yeah I think that's fair to say you know Preston Neil coming in after everything that went before that that was a really good performance good away performance um, yeah good three points then you think go on let's let's back that up down at Cardiff now who were struggling a bit you know lowest goal scorers in the championship at the time uh, and on the game you could probably see see why that was but um, now we have to puff down at Cardiff without really doing enough if we're brutally frank um, didn't create a great deal and let's face it Carlo in the second half Etete had probably two really good chances and that header O'Dowder at the last minute just passed the post so um, that was going to be a team that was going to win it it was probably Cardiff so uh, but you know never underestimate a point in the championship um, a clean sheet away from home so as disappointing it was the performance as such uh, another point on the board to build on top of Preston and another clean sheet. So, uh, so yeah. So if we go cast our minds back, it feels like it was ages ago now, but Boxing Day evening after we'd got that point at Cardiff, it felt like we'd got four from our last two away games and that was a positive, wasn't it? And we were preparing for home game, double back-to-back home games where we could have really built on that. Well, you know, if you, if you average two points a game, you take that two away games. Uh, new head coach coming in, he would have been pleased with the, the return of points from two away games, two clean sheets. Uh, so that was that was a positive. Then you, you're looking at the the games to come. You know, Luton at home is going to be a difficult game for a number of reasons, and Sheffield United um, just after the turn of the year, or where they are because of them and Burnley for me are the outstanding two teams in the division. So yeah. Uh, Four points from the two games. We're looking to take that into the Luton home game. If if we get the Luton game sort of out of the way, let's move on from it swiftly. We'll cover please, it and then please, move please. on. <laughs> <laughs> what went wrong that night? If you were you know Critchley, what would you be saying? Uh, well, we, we we conceded on tenth you know, or eleventh minute. Thought we could have done a little bit better. You know they broke on us. Could we got closer to block the shot from Morris? Goes in the bottom corner. Um, then pretty much like most games, there's nothing really much in the game. You go in a half-time and you're thinking, OK, just important team talk from Neil. You know, 40 or 50 minutes to uh, to get back in the game and possibly win it. So you've done whatever was said, would have been said, but I think the killer blow on the night came a minute after half-time from a, from a set play, another set play, um, where you've got their centre-forward, in five or six yards of space at the back post to uh, to finish and make the game a lot harder than what we would have hoped. So, uh, see, so yeah, that was the I think on the night that was the that was the 
key moment at 2-0 we, we started getting the ascendancy in terms of possession without really uh, creating too much uh, we miss a great chance with 20 minutes to go a great chance that uh, we have to score that goes in the mood in the stadium changes the mood on the pitch changes and you, you've you got game on we didn't take that chance and uh, then now that goes and scores a worldie um, to, to finish the game and you know you've got to endure the the Luton fans rubbing rubbing our noses in it, which you expect, you know. Um, uh, but it was, yeah, uncomfortable night, disappointing night, and a horrible scorer. But you mentioned the fans there. Is that performance emphasised a little bit more, highlighted a bit more, because there's not as many derbies, should we say, in the league this year? We we, well, we have Luton, Millwall, yeah. Watford, are they yeah. your local? Well, there's always something with Luton, you know, for for various reasons down the years. You know, we went there earlier in the season and I thought they uh, when Beale was the head coach I thought they how can I say this I thought they beat us up the way not physically but the way they imposed themselves on on our style they, were, they swarmed all over us like a rash they were they were physical they were aggressive and uh, undoubtedly on that day up there uh, at Luton they were the better team um, so when you when you play them again you're looking to reverse that then it, it wasn't it wasn't to be you know and 3-0 is a horrible scoreline at home you know our, our fans would have been frustrated with with that but again I'll go back to a tight game to the point a, a really poor second goal from a set play someone can't have that much space in, in the box um, and we miss a, a, a golden opportunity then another chance to, to get ourselves back into the game um, and they kill the game with a, a fantastic strike, one of the goals of the season. Uh, so yeah, you you lick your wounds uh, and you you start again. So uh, no, it wasn't uh, it wasn't good. And we did exactly that. We, as that festive period always says, we quickly moved on, didn't we? We had Sheffield United at home, which was a difficult task, but one we were very close to coming away with really happy, weren't we? Well, I think that that that, that game showed uh, everything that we're capable of. I know we didn't win the game, um, but you know that showed the side of what many people have talked about and seen. Certainly earlier in the season of QPR, we went to Sheffield United and put in a great away performance, clean sheet, won the game. We've gone to Watford and won. We've been to Millwall and won with a clean sheet. Um, so the Sheffield United game for me, I thought we were excellent. I really thought we were were very very good. We started well, uh, go ahead, a little bit fortuitous, but you know Elias is. 20 odd yarder strikes Egan on the back and, and goes in the net and you're just thinking or I'm thinking you know, is that the little bit of luck we need just to just to turn a corner a little bit and get going again and for large portions of the game I thought the first half in particular we were great uh, the longer the game went I'm sitting up on the gantry with Nick and I could visibly see we just started to get deeper and deeper and deeper and that's credit to Sheffield United you know they're not second and they're not where they are because if anything else, then they're a good size. They were, they were chucking everything as we we were getting pushed back, but actually we dealt with pretty much everything until the last, almost the last kick of the game. Really, we um, now we get a header. Could we have done a little bit better with a header? Comes back in, falls the eagle, and he hits it. I think if uh, is it Rob? If it comes off Rob, I'll probably go straight to send his arms if Rob's not in the way. We no 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 blame attached to Rob. It, the shot's hit, comes off his leg and you see what it meant at Sheffield United because again, a point away from home, <laughs> no matter who you are or where you're playing is a good result. 
it, it kept them where they wanted to be. It kept their momentum going. Um, what are you saying in the dressing room as a player in that instance when you've been in? You've played so well for eighty nine, if ninety minutes, and then in a well added time. Obviously, like obviously, straight away you'll walk off the pitch. You'll feel like you got beat. The the feeling because. What's it? Egan scores 30 seconds later, the ref blows, it's finished, and they're still elated. We're flat, our fans are, are flat. So when you're walking off the pitch, you almost feel like you've lost, um, and that'll stay with you for a, for a while. No matter what you say in the dressing room, you'll feel really disappointed. Once you get past that little stage of that real sickening blow, I, as a player, will be looking at, first of all, my own performance, uh, but the, t- uh, the team's performance in particular and I would go you know what that's us that's QPR that's what we can do that's what we've showed that's how good uh, we have been can be and hopefully will be again so um, and you, 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 you take the positives because against a very good Sheffield United team we went toe to toe and arguably should have won the game What's the difference between a QPR side that played Sheffield United and won at Bramall Lane and a QPR side that played them here just after Christmas. We could easily say the manager and the coaching staff, but it's the same nucleus of players, isn't yeah. it? What's the difference? Well, when you get on a bad, you know, I've been there, you get on a little bit of a bad run or a bad run, not a little bit, you get on a bad run, you know, first thing that can leave you as a player is your confidence. Certainly as, a, as an attacking player, you know, where you, you have to create, you have to get something out of nothing, you have to... Uh, Excel and excite and all of that sort of stuff that comes from the position you play to get your team uh, results, etc., etc. So that's the first thing they can go, uh, and I think it's visible that possibly a couple of our players are just not where they were early in the season in terms of um, confidence levels in the, in their own game. Um, but you know what? The only sign and the only way to, to get your confidence back is to to play yourself through. Whether it's bad form, lack of confidence, lack of goals, uh, giving the ball away, um, because there's no hiding place. You get that on a day-to-day basis on the training ground. Your habits, your um, you train like you play, um, and hopefully it's a few games, two games, three games, four games, five games, six games, however long it is. Eventually, if you're good enough, you'll come through that and, and go again. And we just hope with a couple of the players who seem to be suffering a little bit from confidence. That that'll that that'll click very, very soon. We say confidence, we then head to Fleetwood in the FA Cup. Now, as a supporter and, and as an employee of the club, is that not a chance in the FA Cup to go there and get that confidence? Hundred percent for me. Uh, you know, FA Cup, I'm a little bit old school. I grew up at a time where the FA Cup was the biggest competition in the uh, in the season. You know, I used to wake up as a kid. 10 o'clock in the morning and put it on and I used to see the teams having breakfast follow them to Wembley the build up it was a it was a huge day out and the FA Cup's renowned throughout the world um, and it's it, it's great for uh, for lesser teams you know there's always shocks always shocks that's the magic of the FA Cup but it's great for lesser teams to pit the wits against big teams it's always hard for big teams to you know to be drawn against so called lesser teams certainly when you go away from home um, but that's what makes the magic of the cup, and uh, the dis- we'll, we'll discuss the game in more general. But the, dis- the disappointing thing for me was we played so well against Sheffield United, P- 
played so well against Sheffield United. You know, quite easy. We could have been sitting there with a with a victory. We didn't. We we conceded that sucker blow, that horrible feeling right at the end of the game. But it was a really good performance. So I, just like you said, and all our fans would have gone to Fleetwood thinking, right, that was QPR. We saw five days ago, six days ago. Let's take it into this game, build on that confidence. Let's get a run of games going, and we can use the FA Cup to take into the league. But that wasn't the case. Could you answer why it wasn't the case? Do you have an, a reason to why? Because you, in got, yeah, we have the record. We all know the record we now hold, which is not a great one. But over years, you could have said, oh, well, that team, they made 10 changes, that team thing. But this particular team didn't. And it was quite a strong team that went to Fleetwood, wasn't it, as well? It was a very strong team uh, Neil sent out. So, yeah, you know, credit him for that. Uh, because I've been here when some of the... Some of the previous managers have changed the team and I've seen poorer sort of results. Um, but Neil went strong, really, really strong. The importance was emphasised on um, not just the FA Cup, but getting back to the, the winning mentality frame of mind that could push us forward. And you know what? You go to Fleetwood, first time I think we've been up there. You know, tight little ground. I've been there before and I know what it's like. The wind was howling, the rain was coming sideways at you and before the game I'm just thinking you know what this is a game where you roll your sleeves up uh, you're going to have to tough it out you're going to have to dig it out it's not going to be a spectacle a great game by any stretch of the imagination uh, due to many things and the conditions but you know what you do everything you can not to get beaten walk away there if you win 1-0 you get out of there you get down the road and you go okay who we got in the next round uh, I sense very early in the game watching, very early in the game, that we weren't at it. And it pains me to say this, but I have to say it. We weren't at it. Uh, for what reasons, I don't really know. I listened to Neil afterwards. All the preparation was done. The emphasis on who we were playing, the way we were playing, the importance was, was laid down uh, for everyone to see and hear. But from, from the first whistle, we were, we were a mile off. And when you're miles off, no matter who you play, Fleetwood, if you look at the record, not great at home, but quite a lot of draws. So that tells you they're competitive in a lot of games. But they impose themselves first half. You know, they had a couple of breaks, and he makes a decent save. We hardly threatened. Um, but when Sam scores a, a fortuitous goal, you know, the way you sort of went in the back of the net, you just think, no, okay, right. Hopefully that can settle us down because for 30 odd minutes we've been put. But we've got our noses in front now. Let's. let's use that as a foundation to go on and grind out performances that if that's what you do but let's use that going ahead and that first goal as a way of making sure we get in the next round straight from the kickoff they could have scored Fleetwood could have scored three or four minutes later we concede another goal from a set play where the centre back six foot two arguably their best header of the ball in the team is left in six seven eight yards of space and it's probably not saying it's hard at the miss because he was still eight nine ten yards out but uh, totally unopposed he was certainly going to get a header on target and that goes in at one one and you just think you know what what's what's that all about lads because we haven't been good we've just got our noses in front we could have conceded straight from the kickoff and now we've just conceded what i thought was a was a dreadful goal now set plays are worked on 
on the training ground, no matter who's in charge, so players are worked on. As things stock up on dressing rooms, there'll be reminders from the coaches before you go out at a certain corner. You're marking him, you're that, that's your role. Expect some bumping and jostling in the box. You know, if 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 you're a player or a defender and you don't expect to be bumped and blocked and jostled as within the rules, of course, when the ball's coming in, well, maybe you just need to have a little bit of a rethink. So the conceding that goal, I thought, was pretty much summed up our whole performance. You know, uh, sloppy. Um, in the second half, I, I, again, I'll say it, it's my opinion, Fleetwood were by far the better side. And, uh, you know, if you look at Senny Sata made a couple of saves, a centre-forward Musquay missed kicks from six yards out with no one near him. Um, they they score from another set play where it travels quite a long way. And before you know it, you're going out the FA Cup. Uh, you've got disgruntled fans, quite rightly, who paid good hard-earned money to, to travel four, five hours, six hours to, to get there and back. Uh, and as a player, I've been there, and staff, you know you're just going to gonna have to front it up. You're going to have to front up every bit of criticism that comes your way. Uh, deserved uh, criticism for what you've just seen. But the beauty of football is, I'm not brushing this under the carpet, but the beauty of football, you've got your next game, your next game to go some small way of putting what you've just produced uh, right and get back on track and say so you mentioned the supporters Fleetwood we've been hit everyone over the country has been hit <coughs> with the rail strikes over the last few months weeks but Fleetwood in particular to highlight that again there was another rail strike it was a long trip up there <coughs> just after Christmas just as the new year when we all know money's tight during this period so to go up there and experience that must have been very disappointing for I, I I fell for every one of our fans I see some fans before the game you know and they were telling me about the uh, the troubles to get there that they go out of their way what do we have nearly a thousand people a uh, thousand fans loyal fans traveling all that way they want their team to perform there's no guarantees you're going to win the game there's no guarantees you're going to win the game anyone can lose a game against anyone on any given day but I think sometimes how you lose is Important is not the right word, but I think you know what I'm saying. How you get beat? Have you worked their goalkeeper? Does their goalkeeper make four or five saves? Does he get the man of the match? Are they last ditch tackles? You know, are we bombing crosses in? Are we getting shots in? Are we flooding bodies forward? If you do that and you get beat, I think everyone takes that. But we didn't see any of that, and you saw the reaction of the fans after the game. Wasn't nice. I don't like to, um, you know, we're we're all in it together, but. I was annoyed, they were annoyed, we were frustrated. But the players, once they got in the dressing, they would have known they've let themselves down, they've let the fans down, they've let the club down. Neil came out after the game, was quite strong. I don't think there's anyone that would have watched what Neil said after the game would have disagreed what he said. So that was said, and you very quickly have to learn from it. You hope it doesn't happen again, and you you get back to work as soon as you possibly can trying to improve trying to put that right and trying to be the QPR that we saw five six days earlier against Sheffield United the QPR that we've seen uh, for large stretches of the last couple of seasons early part of this season where we've gone to places and we've put in really really good performances with the same players a week is a long time in football within that week after Fleetwood we're trying to move on and I'm sure Neil and his staff are trying to G up the squad for 
an important game against Reading, another local game backed by thousands of Rangers fans once again. Um, but within that week, we signed Jamal Lowe, which has hopefully seemingly lifted the mood a little bit, hasn't it, and helped? Oh, well, first of all, any any uh, I've been in restaurants where you, you, you're struggling, but sometimes a new face coming into that the building and coming into your dressing room can just give everyone a lift certainly someone with Jamal's pedigree and you know where he's been and what he's done over over pre- previous years he knows the division um, he's had a promotion uh, he's experienced in terms of number of games he's played etc etc uh, so I thought it was a, and it's someone the club have been looking at for a while um, I thought it, uh, one we needed a signing two he was a good signing and uh, would he have played at Reading? That was the big question. How he signed him? Was he going to go straight in because he hasn't played much game time? Neil elected to start him on the bench, uh, and we'll discuss the game. But obviously, he had a he had a big impact on what happened. So obviously, we've seen that picture of him as a youngster in his QPR shirt, and we've ha- heard the story how Raheem Sterling was in the team ahead of him, etc. Now's a chance for him to come and prove himself in the blue and white hoops, isn't it? Well, it's a really nice story, actually, and it, again, it's a it's a story that any young player can can look at, you know, because when you're 14, 15, 16, trying to make your way in the game, uh, that can be many things that block your path or your pathway, and that not necessarily will be down to your ability. Uh, Jamal highlighted, you know, you had a Raheem Sterling in the building in that type of position, so there was a choice to make, and that and that's the way they won. So uh, Jamal drifted away gone into non-league, did it the hard way, gets his chance um, through hard work and ability and that um, great principle of life that you know you, you, you never give up. Um, so yeah, credit to him, he's gone down to Portsmouth, Wigan, Swansea, Bournemouth, now he's back at us, almost a full circle, I know we've only got him for a few months, but let's hope he can uh, well enjoy his football here and have a big impact from, from now till the end of the season. And he's that sort of character, so he's had seen football come that way and he's worked his way up through the pyramid. He's that sort of person, the sort of character that we've needed in the time where maybe when the chips have been down, they've stayed down, rather than us bouncing back and showing the resilience that keeps the fans. It can be, you know, football, um, football's not all about being technically gifted. You know, some of the most important players at high-achieving clubs are someone that you wouldn't necessarily say is the best player. What's the best player? Well, I'd answer that. The best player is your most effective player. You know, what position as a manager put you in the team? Okay, and go and play to your strengths. And can you influence the game? Can you influence people in and around you? So, as I say, Jamal, Paddy's knocked back. He's gone away, worked hard, done it the hard way. Come up, if you look at the, the amount of non-league clubs he had, you know, he's been around quite a bit. Got his, got his break and he's, he's, he's took his chance. Still quite young. I say young. What is he, 28? Still got... Many years ahead of him, you know, with a lot of football and lots of things he can achieve. And let's hope he comes here. As I say, he enjoys his football. He can influence the dressing room and he can influence on the pitch and he can help us to get to where we want to get to. So after the announcement, we then head up to Reading, across to Reading. We head up the M4 to Reading (laughs) and um, it was a disappointing first half. You were sat next to me and we spoke at half-time how frustrated we were that we were losing 2-0. You know, the game, I didn't think there was too much in the game. Um, wasn't a great deal of chances created. Um, no decent possession, uh, certainly from us. I thought we got into some promising 
areas to create an opportunity. We, you know, we worked the ball quite well into that final third. In that final third, you know, the decision with is either wrong or the the execution of the pass or the cross was was wrong. Could we have had a shot rather than, you know, having that extra pass? All of those things, but we 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 worked it into decent opportunity. So um, from that point of view, there wasn't too much wrong with the performance other than the final third. Sometimes I was going to say scripts might be written, you know, but I wouldn't say it's a script. But how many times do you say a former player come back and score, or come, or turn up and score against these? You know, Jeff Hendrick, we signed here uh, last year. Didn't have the best of times. You know, he's been a good player, Jeff. Uh, he's had a really good career, but it didn't quite happen for him here. Um, so he's playing against us. Hits one from 30 yards. It's a great strike, you know. He's just got it with a little bit of the outside of his foot, so it's it starts just outside the goal and it's coming back in, skims the post. It's a it's a wonderful strike, and actually he starts to from that moment him he starts to get more involved in the game, dictate the play, and Redding get a little bit on top, and um, he he gets a second goal where again we could have done better defensively, but he's on and three yards out, no one's tracked him. And before you know it, you're 2-0 down. And I'm thinking on the commentary, still trying to do my commentary. And I'm thinking, half-time, this is a really... Uh, well, first of all, let's get to half-time. But I think Neil's got a, a, a real... He's got a talk to do here. He's, he's got to ruffle a few feathers. He's got to fire them up, etc., um, etc. Et because when you're 2-0 down, that could have gone horribly wrong. You know, it could have gone one or two ways. Fortune, it went the way we wanted, where we got a response. But it could have gone... Um, the other way, I felt Redden went a little bit defensive the second half. You know, almost tried to defend a little bit deeper, but that was credit for us. But from the first whistle of the second half, we looked a different team. We played with a lot more desire, determination. Uh, what would have been said at half time? What, what do you think Neil's message would have been? It's obvious to say, "Come out and attack." Yeah, but yeah. What? Well, 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 I sometimes try and put myself in a manager's shoes or put the manager's hat on. Okay, what would I be saying now? And I'll be saying to you, you know, we're well in this game. We have to score the next goal. We have to score the next goal. I think Reading, if you look at them, have got a decent home record, but they've got some lads in the team who've had fantastic careers, but, you know, on the wrong wrong side of 30. So if we can play with intensity and energy, I think we can we can gradually start to wear them down. The front four, come on, you've got to come alive. I need more from you. I need more guile. I need more skill that we, we, we know you've got. And I would have just been saying, let's get on the front foot. And you know what, let's... I wouldn't say let's throw caution to the wind, you know, but let's let let's go for this. See all those fans behind the goal, those two thousand fans. Go and give them a performance and a team that they can be proud of. And I tell you what, if you get the next goal, anything can happen. That's what I would have been saying. And it it seemed to be the way the game fell, but was Jamalo the catalyst for that? He sort I of think came on and had an impact straight away, didn't he? With getting the first goal back, yeah, I think he certainly changed the game. And I just said about you know sometimes a sign where you can just lift. People, I don't know why that is, but it just happens. But he came on, you know, a couple of little tweaks in the in the in the in the in the formation, if you like. Uh, but he was very instrumental, and us turning around what was a, a seemingly not very nice position into the into a position where I probably left the game thinking, you know what, if anyone was going to win that, it was going to be us. But yeah, Jamal heavily involved in the first goal. You know, the running behind, the composure to. 
wait and wait and wait to pick the right pass out for Tyler. Tyler's finish is excellent. I was thinking, go on, shoot right, right foot, but he does his little trick, drags it on his left, goes across Joe Lumley, and a brilliant goal. And I felt, and I think the stadium felt, and the 2,000 fans that we took who supported the team brilliantly, I felt then we'll get something from the game. Looking back on hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it was frustrating in the end that if there was another five or so minutes, you felt like there was only going to be one winner, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, first of all, Tyler gets his second goal. Delight for Tyler, you know, because with his injury issues, the disappointment of the World Cup, etc., etc. He's another player along with Chris and Ilias. You know, that can and Jamal coming at the club. They're they're capable of, yeah, getting people off the seats and performing and but. They've all got to find that uh, within and collectively. So when he gets at the two-two, he just think, right, come on, let's go, and, let's go and win this game. And uh, unfortunately, we couldn't. But I think I wouldn't say it went all the way to redeeming what happened at Fleetwood, but it showed a team that has got fight, can face adversity in the eye, and you know, not wilt. As such, but we have to see that more often, Simon. Uh, so credit to the players, credit to to Neil and his stuff. Let's not get carried away. It's a point away at Reading, but it felt more than a point away at Reading from when we where we were after 45 minutes. And I hope, just like the Sheffield United game, we can build on that 45 minutes, take the positives, take the the, the good and the feel good factor that came from, you know, turning that performance around. Let's hope we can take that into the up and coming games. And the up and coming games straight away. We know we've got Swansea here on Saturday at Loftus Road. It's never an easy test against Swansea. We know exactly what we're going to get, don't we? But is it a chance to say a, a good? They're a good playing team, aren't they? That maybe suit our style a little bit more than a, a team that are in our faces a little bit more. Should we say? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, but I, I would look at you respect Swansea and their style of play. But first and foremost. They're a point ahead of us and a place ahead of us. That shows the how big the game is for me, anyway. You know, because there's a little, there's a couple of teams going like a train. You know, the West Broms, the Middlesbroughs, etc., etc. It's just a little gap up here and now. We don't want to come undone here again. As our home record, what we got one point from the last five games. You know, we have to start turning that around. No matter who we're playing. Just to cut in there, what with the home record this season, what is there a thinking behind that why it's not been as good because notoriously over the last well, you name it if QPR have done well in a season it's because of, been, because of their home form isn't it yeah, no, can't put my finger on it you know um, I think the two games for me which stick in my mind was losing to um, West Brom and Huddersfield uh, you know because a lot of people might just look at league tables West Brom if I go back and read my programme notes about West Brom when they were second bottom I think I said there's no way they will be second bottom. There's no way they should be their second bottom. So those players at West Brom need to have a look at themselves. Why? No coincidence, a manager leaves, a new one comes in, and suddenly those players, same players, pick themselves up and go on a run like they're, uh, they're on. So I think that was probably the most two disappointing games. West Brom wasn't much in it. Got done again on a set play. Huddersfield, we were poor. Uh, but had some chances, you know, in terms of shots and territorial advantage, but didn't do enough. So home form, you know, there's an expectancy when you come here. There's a pressure, if you like, when you come here. But, you know, you're, you're playing for QPR, you're pulling the blue and white hoops on, you know, you're, you're playing for a famous club. There's going to be expectation, there's going to be pressure, there's going to be demands placed on you. Uh, 
and I think I think that's a good thing, and you have to you have to accept that and take it on board. And when you step on the pitch, yeah, you know, there's not a fan comes with a blue and white shirt on to support QPR wanting you to play badly. They're right behind you. They're right behind you, and they, they want you to have a go and a play with verve and energy and aggression and um, play for the badge. And, and and if you get that, they'll stay with you all the way. They'll stay with you all the way. So um, so yeah, going back to the Swansea game. Swansea will come. They'll try and dictate the play with their possession game. You know, they almost overplay at times for me, but they're very good at what they do. Very inconsistent. If you look at where they are, um, as I said, they're a point ahead of us and a place ahead of us. But if you look at some of the results, they can beat Watford 4 0, but they'll go somewhere else and lose. Uh, they beat Sunderland 3 1 away last week, albeit they played a long part of the game against 10 men. They lose at home against Bristol City in midweek. But on any given day, they'll beat anyone, just like the majority of teams in this league. So it's about it's about us. We know the way Swansea are going to play. We'll have prepared for that. But it's about us. Can we impose ourselves? Can we get our big players performing at the levels we know they can? Can we get in the ascendancy? Can we bring the crowd into play here? And can we have a winning and a successful afternoon? You mentioned in you playing for QPR and pulling on that blue and white hoops. Could you talk me through sort of your day on a match day? What would you be doing walking down South Africa Road when you were playing, obviously bringing your boots? And then what's the feeling like when you put one in the top corner or in front of the lot? <laughs> well, you know, I had, a, had, a, had a wonderful career. I feel very blessed, very privileged to have achieved what I did in the game and to play for some of the clubs. But undoubtedly, my favourite, most successful time was here at Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, why? Um, it was a little bit of what you just said there, you know, the, 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 the grand, the tightness, the team I played for. You know, we used to have to park up the road and walk through the fans. I used to walk up the road with the fans and they're willing you to play well. Um, willing you to play well and you, you got that sense that, you know, they're right behind you here. And So, come on, let's let's do it for myself, let's do it for my teammates, let's do it for my club, but let's do it, do it for them as well. So we were all in it together. So brilliant place to play um, you know when this place is full and when I was here early 90s were going really well it was pulled most weeks you know you got some big teams coming that we just used to brush aside because we were, we had that confidence we had that ability and we had that drive and desire it was just a brilliant place to play and you know very proud to have done it used to love scoring and celebrating with the fans and uh, don't get me wrong we had some bad days we had some you know, some, some poor results, but it was a successful time. And, uh, you know, the players at this club, where they're in the first team, the, the, the level below, it's a fantastic club to be at and uh, just wanted to be successful. Thanks, Inks. I just wanted a, a feel-good factor <laughs> heading into these these games. So, obviously, Swansea, moving back to the current day, we have Swansea at home. Then we have two tough long trips, Holloway, Middlesbrough away. Huddersfield away, shall we say. Sorry. Middlesbrough is coming up in a couple of months, a couple of weeks. So home Huddersfield, and then we have Millwall at home, which is obviously a tough game. Starting with the two away trips, the double H's, tough games again, aren't they? All tough, Simon. All tough <laughs> at this cliche, level. The old cliche. Well, uh, show me an easy game, and I'll, I'll probably disagree with you. Know what seems an easy uh, game on paper? We're already talked five minutes ago about West Brom being second bottom of the league, and now they come in here and beaten us then from then on they've almost gone on that run that they're on you know so uh, Hull relatively new coach uh, come in um, 
thought they gave a good account of themselves here early in the season when we just shaded the game. So that's going to be that's going to be tough. Huddersfield after that they picked up a few results in recent times. You know, fighting for their lives. Playoff finalists last season. Wasn't they? Just shows you, you know, um, the the turnaround. They lose a couple of players, manager change up. In fact, two managers. Uh, changed hands there so that's the fortunes of football you've got no divine right to be anywhere you earn it on a pitch you got your history doesn't guarantee you're going to finish in the top you, you know it's your your performance you get your performances right it gives you a great chance to get the results that you you require um so uh, so yeah two tough away games which we have to approach with you know Let's see what we get against Swansea, but we have to be looking to beat Swansea. We have to be looking to go to those two places and, and win it. That has to be our mindset, you know. Yeah, I t- tweak it at certain times. In-game management becomes key, but we have to be going in every game from now at the end of the season to win the game. We round it up with Millwall at home. That's a London derby that's always feisty. Gary Rowe outside coming to Loftus Road. You know what you're going to kind of expect. From them, aren't you? Again, just like the, what we just talked about, tough game, but a game where if we're at it, that's the key. At it, you know, on that front foot, aggressive. Um, it's a game we we can win, and again, again, we should be looking to win. Went there early in the season, and I thought we were comfortable when we beat them. Uh, and really, another really good performance. You know, Millwall under Gary, you know what you're going to get. Credit to them; they've had a they've had a decent run. In and around the top six, so you know what you look at. You look at every game now. There's everything to to play for. Every point is vital, and we got to be doing all we possibly can to make sure, to make sure we tip tight games in our favour. I don't really remember much of Millwall away earlier in the season. I was in the away end, so I was enjoying <laughs> myself. Shall we say? Well, again. <laughs> Um, and then moving on to obviously this week over the last few months has been quite a busy one for the, the under 18s with the FA Youth Cup they had a big victory over Tottenham in the third round with that going to extra time and them overcoming the odds but then we that set us up for an away trip to Luton Town which was played this week ended in disappointment in the end but it was an experience for the lads wasn't it great experience you know these young you, these young lads are on a the first rung of their journey and uh, that hopefully will take them to wherever it takes them you know to beat Tottenham I think um, was a was a fantastic achievement and a great result you know being 1-0 down 88 minutes you know they never give up they kept going got the equaliser forced extra time and came strong in extra time and, and won the game um, that gives them another uh, chance in the spotlight if you like uh, playing on a uh, a first team main ground which I think does the kids the power of good you know go to Luton Luton as a youth team are going well at the level they play at you know I think what they 12, 13, 14 points ahead in, in, in their league you know they're used to having it all their own way they've already wrapped up the league yeah. as well haven't they? in January which is quite impressive so we knew it was going to be a, a, a tough game and a tough ask um, I thought I went to the game um, I thought the lads acquitted themselves well, it was a really good game of football. Actually, two good sides that had a real go at each other. You know, we went ahead very early, got pegged back almost straight away. Two one down, six or seven minutes later, um, had to weather a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a storm, but Luton pressing. Second half, I thought we had a really good twenty minute spell where we were knocking at the door and couldn't couldn't quite find the the bit of quality in and around the penalty area with the cross or the shot or the build up. Um, they broke away 
good finish from the lad to make it 3-1. But credit to the lads, they kept going. Uh, but it wasn't to be, but a, a great experience for you, for young. You know, I think it was 1,500 people there last night in the freezing cold. You know, for them to, to get that type of exposure will do them the world of good. They need to look at the game. What do they feel like? How do they approach the game? What do they feel like on the pitch with a crowd, etc., etc.? Um, and learn from it what they do well. Great, can you build on that? What did you not do well? Okay, can you work on that to get better? But as I say, they're in, they're at the start of a uh, hopefully a long, long, long journey. But yeah, they should be pleased with their efforts. I keep asking you what it was like when you. I wish I'd been there. But um, as a youngster at that sort of age, what are you thinking? What's your sort of mindset? Is it I need to go out in this youth cup game and really show myself? Because it's the only chance I'm going to get in front of the media and the, the spotlight. I or? suppose from my first point, it was a little bit different. I made my, I made my first team debut against Wolves for Cambridge when I was 16. You know, um, I did play in the FA Youth Cup. I remember going to Luton. We played there. I remember going to Charlton. I remember playing at Arsenal when Tony Adams and God bless him, David Roadcastle and people like that were were in the team. You know, so wonderful experiences when you're 16, 17. Um, so what you're thinking? You're thinking, I like this. I like this, I want a bit more of this and I'm going to do all I possibly can on and off the pitch every single day to make sure I've got a career ahead of me and uh, you know the natural way that football works many of the youngsters will fall by the wayside if I've got any advice for the youngsters you know have no regrets every time you train it's a chance to improve to, to put yourself in front of someone for someone to catch your eye and don't let anything get in your way what is your dream and where you want to get to I think that is the perfect way to wrap it up since it's a very motivational speech it makes me kind of want to put my boots on and go out there <laughs> so thank you as always Andy and pleasure we'll hopefully have something positive to talk about the next time we catch up um, starting with Saturday's game of Swansea yeah let's hope so come on you arse <laughs>